Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Jillian of Studio Soprano. And in today's episode, we are actually going to be answering some of your questions. We had a question box on Instagram, and we had some really great questions from people um, across the world, which is really cool. So we're going to go through and answer some of those and hopefully give you a little more insight. So if you have any other questions, uh, feel free to drop us a line and we will answer them in a future Q&A. Yeah, let's get into it. Yay! I'm so excited for this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's always fun when people submit their questions. Like, I really enjoy when people come to you with things they want to know about. Or a, a couple of these also were like, hey, I have a suggestion for something you can talk about on the podcast, which is even cooler. So please keep them coming. Yes. Anything you want to start with? Um, Are we starting from the top? I think so. Yay. Um, We got a good one from Nap Design Co. <laughs> Do you see it? <laughs> okay, so the first question we're going to do is from our lovely friend, Cara Jo, Cara Jo, Cara jo at Nap Design Co. And she asks, do you prefer a kiss or a bite? Wow, that is a loaded question. I mean, printing, definitely printing. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Uh, I, I love her so love much. Yeah. So this is a that is a loaded question. Um, if you are not familiar with letterpress, it may be a bit confusing. Um, so let's clarify first of all: a kiss or a bite? Um, different depth of impression when you're printing mm-hmm. letterpress. The traditional way with lead type specifically is to get a kiss impression, which is very little to no impression in the paper at all. Um, and the more modern take is a deeper bite where you can really see the punch in the paper from the form or whatever you're printing. There's, I think a lot of the reason that modern printers prefer a bite is because it's something that isn't replicable on a digital printer. It's not something that you get like from any other style of printing. It's completely unique to letterpress. So I I prefer a nice deep bite. Um, the kiss impression is really all that you want to do with type. Um, you don't want a super deep impression with med, like with lead type because it's soft and you can damage the type really easily with that. Um, so, you know, we are specifically photopolymer plate printers, so we can really smash them all we want. Um, (laughs) as long as the press opens back up, we're good. But if you're using type, it's definitely something to be a little more cautious of if you're trying to get a deeper impression, not necessarily ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I also find that like a kiss impression is really challenging for me to do on my platen press because like one edge is always slightly impressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if I yeah, take all of my totally. packing out, like what it's re- I would really need to like adjust my platen well. But I 100% agree with you. The biggest difference for me is like why 
why would I want something that's printed just on the surface when I could get that digitally printed and it would look way better because it's going to be crisper. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for the bite. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think we're both pro bite. Um, I do think also like even people who really like a deep impression on their paper, they still like, we all still vary a little bit on like how much show through there is. Like when you turn the paper yeah. over, whether you can see the, like the, the press, the impression on the back, I think we all yeah. still vary a little bit in that. Um, but I, I would say that the majority of modern printers um, using photopolymer are probably going for a deep bite. This is a good question that I have for you. Um, What is your preference when printing on 110 pound paper? Ugh, I go back and forth with that. It's so hard because like you want that impression. Like I basically want as much impression as I can get without like straight up making it embossed on the backside. You know what I mean? Like I think like I'll show you because I'm on the camera with you but uh Mm -hmm. like my disco cards happen to be within hands reach and I don't even know if that'll show on camera but it -hmm. has a little bit of show through but it's not like super dramatic um but yeah 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 I just I just shipped out a job uh this morning that the main invitation was on 220 so of Mm -hmm. course that's deep and juicy and then the detail card was 110 pound but when you put them side by side like as a visual artist I always want them to look similar especially since this client has made the investment in both of them being letter pressed so I went for a pretty extreme bite on that 110 pound and the back was definitely bruised but the front looked so good yeah um so but I don't always do it. I tend to like really back off on 110 pound and it does end up looking more like a kiss. Yeah. But you know, I mean, if you want the look, like nope, nobody's really looking at the back of your card. Yeah. And it like makes sense. You know that if something is embossed on the front, that material is going somewhere. Yeah, totally. So. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, I feel like a little bit of show through I don't feel bad about it at all. Like I have no problem with that. And I think that this like is just enough. Um, And I'll say like, we can really only adjust our impressions so much. Like the packing material is like, obviously you can use really thin sheets to adjust it like really finely. But like, you know, if you like remove a piece of paper, like a piece of newspaper or something and it's too little impression and then you add a piece of tissue paper or newspaper and it's too much, like that's it. Those are your only options, you know, (laughs) like we can only get that close. You know what I'm saying? Like, so anywho. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. So the next question on here is if you don't plan to keep samples of a job. So this is a question for printers. It sounds like. If you don't plan to keep samples of a job, do you still print extra? I mean, yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, thousand percent I do. Yes, every single time I print extras, I print as many as I can. Um, I I mean, there's always like a little room for overages. Like, you know, hopefully you always have extra paper on hand. But like, I basically cut like maybe 15 to 20% extra of whatever I'm printing on. Um, 
and I'll print up pretty much and unless it's something like a specific like a normal size a normal like paper that I keep in stock like that stuff Mm -hmm. I will reuse but like if it's like a specific stock and I ordered so much extra I'll print every single one of them um because I feel like you know sometimes you get oil on something or like what if you drop the stack and then 10 of them are dirty like you know what I mean like (laughs) I'm not kidding this has all happened obviously I'm speaking from experience but like yeah uh, yeah I mean yes I would absolutely 100 percent Yeah, I am trying to find like a good balance here because I've been exactly the same way, especially for like special ordered paper, because I hate having stacks of just like two or three sheets or even just like 10 sheets of something sitting around because it's a pain in the butt to organize like in Mm -hmm. my inventory. But for things that are like my house stock. Obviously, I can use five by sevens that I didn't print for this job on the next job that comes in because this is my house stock. So I've been really trying to find like the best number to stop at so that I don't have, you know, 10 of something that I'm never going to use. It's not my artwork. It's not my sample. Like if it's if I'm printing for another stationer, I'll usually just send it to them. But like, I'm trying to hone in now. Like instead of doing 10, can I do five? Last night I was trying to print like three extra and then I miscounted a stack and needed two. So I only had one extra and I was like, oh my God. I yeah. Can't. See, that's why I print so many extras. <laughs> yeah. no, I was so nervous. You. I was like, yeah. what if one, if one of these mess up now they are one short. Um, But I do hate having so many like sitting around you know yeah I um okay so there's I I mean I know that you've dealt with a couple of circumstances where people have asked for like five extra or ten extra like down the road you know they get their invitations they realize they forgot to invite five people like I don't know how that happens but it does it totally does every (laughs) single time so like then you know what are you gonna do like re-ink up the press and like order more paper like I don't know I I I like to err on the side of having too much rather than not enough um Maybe that's, that's just true. my, that's my general lifestyle, but, uh, I mean, that's been me up until this point. I'm just bursting at the seams with all of these like onesie, twosie, tensie extras yeah. of these random ass jobs. Um, which is why I'm trying to hone it in. You know, what we should do is ship them off to those paper makers so they can use it, uh, for their paper. There's handmade paper. Yes. We should ask somebody like what, like, cause if there's ink on it, like how does that affect the paper making process I wonder I've made paper out of my cards and the only thing that's different is like the ink will show up in tiny little specks it literally starts to look like a funfetti like recycled paper paper. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. cool all right good good question yeah so okay so from uh world will awaken this is jasmine um why would a customer choose one option over another for a project and how do those things affect pricing quality appearance etc i think that she meant um like different print methods different paper stock that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and so i feel like you know there's a lot of layers to that question um and I do think we kind of covered some of them in like the Lost Art to Luxury uh, podcast episode that we did. But I think, I mean, first of all, like paper is, I think, a huge important factor, especially if you're already planning to get letterpress. It's like, I think it's 100% worth it to bump up your paper stock to something thicker. Um, You and I both love to print on thick 220 or 236 pound cotton paper. And there's just nothing like letterpress on that thick cotton paper. Um, 
there's nothing like it. Like letterpress just shows so beautifully on super thick paper. So like, I think that's really important. You're kind of showcasing the print method um, even more than you would on like 110 pounds. So and I it's would good say- to add in that just like what we talked about earlier, you won't have the bruising as yeah. much on a 220 or 236 because mm-hmm. um, there's only so far you can bite into a 110 pound or 120 pound before yeah. you start seeing it on the backside. Yeah, totally. That's, I mean, and like, and like we also talked about, you don't necessarily, some of our customers will just use the thicker paper for the main invitation and use thinner paper for other parts, like the details card or reply card. So, you know, there's ways to kind of like, I think as stationers or as designers, it's really important to offer those options to your customers, because if they don't know it's an option, why would, how would they choose it? You know? Um, And, you know, they may surprise you. And if they said, they had a budget of something and you offer this super cool thing, they might be like, you know what, that's worth it to me. I'm going to go, I'm going to go over my budget or whatever. You know, it's, it's, I think a fun surprise sometimes when they choose some of those options, even if you didn't necessarily think they would. So just making sure that they have those choices and, you know, I think showing people, I mean, it's hard to do sometimes because we can't do like samples of letterpress, but I think having examples and photos are a really good mock-up tool. I think that's the best way to convince people is to like give them like the final version of what it would look like and, you know, add those miscellaneous things in, you know, even if you don't necessarily think they're going to go for it. Um, They may see it as a completed project and be like, yes, I absolutely have to have that disco ball wax seal. Like it's beautiful. I need it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And the best thing to do as a stationer is to really standardize the options you want to offer because there are so many options. And first and foremost, you need to be like the professional in the situation between you and your client. Um, And one of the best ways to do that is to like weed down. Is that, or is it whittle? It's whittle. 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 (laughs) Whittle. You want to whittle down. You want to narrow down. How about that? Um, niche down yeah perfect there you go yeah as the professional you want to narrow down the options for your clients so that they're not overwhelmed and the best way to do that is just to decide what papers you like to work with um you know mariah and i both have house stocks like our favorite preferred stock that we're gonna like continue to order in bulk and keep but we will print on other things It's just easier for us, especially when we're coming up with pricing and whatever, like we're always going to start with our house stock. Um, So I would say like kind of pick your favorites and and talk to your vendors. If you're outsourcing your digital printing and your letterpress, you want to know like what your digital printer can even print on or what they do print on. Um, Get familiar with what people are using and like which of those options you like and then present those to your clients as like you know, maybe option A is a little bit cheaper than option B, but you're not giving them like the entire alphabet as far as options. So that's totally. kind of like my two cents as far as um, from a stationer perspective. Wh- like, yeah. I guess the real answer, like why a customer would choose one option is because you've suggested it. Like that yeah. should always <laughs> that should yeah. always be the primary thing. You should be suggesting the options and they can pick their preference from there. Yeah, I think that's a really good, that's a really good point. Um, I also think like from a customer's perspective, like why would you choose one or the other? Like if you're choosing letterpress versus digital printing, there's definitely a huge cost difference. Um, and that is a part of this handcrafted labor intensive 
method and it is completely unique it's not something you can replicate with digital printing it is truly like a physical tactile experience um that's i think the biggest reason to choose letterpress versus regular digital printing but i also think like there's just a certain like when you open that invitation or whatever it is that card and it's letterpress printed on super thick paper that your stationer recommended you and you're going to open that and be, be wowed. You know, somebody's going to get that and they're going to be like, oh man, this is beautiful. Like, I can't wait for this thing or like this card is so thoughtful or whatever, because like there's intention behind it. There's like thought and there is manual physical labor behind it. And that just talks about the passion that the stationer or the printer and that you as the customer have for that thing, you know, whether it's an event or even a thank you card or a business card, like it just says, I've thought about this and I want it to have an impact on you. And the person will open that or get that and they will know that. Um, yeah, that's my thought anyway. I completely agree. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to touch on like the last part of this question too, um, of how those things affect the pricing, quality, and appearance. We've already talked about um, the pricing, but as far as choosing paper options that would affect the appearance. If you're going to do, if you're moving forward with letterpress, um, you want to make sure that you're choosing a paper option that is extremely suitable for letterpress. And nine times out of 10, that's going to be a cotton stock. If you are working with like a digital printer and they're not printing on cotton, but they're printing on something else, like you may not get that pillowy impression that is in your head or that you've seen on Pinterest or that your client has seen on Pinterest. And so you really just need to make sure that you communicate those things well. Um, potentially ask your letterpress printer if they have any samples. They may not. And letterpress is one of those things where like it's not easy to make a sample. Yeah. Like you could just see if they happen to have one, um, but they may not. So that to me is like a huge thing as far as appearance is like if you have it in your mind that you want that super cushiony bite, then you really want to choose a soft paper. And that's, like I said, usually going to be a cotton. Yeah, perfect. Y'all, we have a question from Sweden. How oh my gosh, crazy I is love that? it. I love Sweden. Um, okay, so Studio Brandis. Am I saying that right? I think so. Okay. At Studio Brandis asked us, why do people name their presses? What is the story or tradition behind that? Or maybe it's not a tradition. Um, and then they said that they have not named their press yet. I don't know if there's a story or a tradition behind it, but I name everything. <laughs> I literally name everything. What are your headphones called? Susan. Cute. Why? <laughs> just liked it? Just felt just know. felt it? That's funny. Sometimes I just want to be like, where's my Susie Q's? Oh, they're <laughs> over here. That's funny. Um, okay, so I think like I don't think that there's necessarily like a tradition or like a story behind it, but I think it just has something to do with people like being emotionally attached to a thing, you know, like yeah. people name cars. And I think that's more like, I think that's more traditional if anything, but um, I think that it just has to do with like, you know, you're really excited about that thing and you want to put a name 
on that. It's like, I don't know. It's like, a, it's like a way to describe it, a way to talk about it. it becomes like, it becomes part of your life that way, you know, like, but it's funny though. Yeah. Let me tell you when I'm bitching about Gordy, if I was just like bitching about my press and I, like in my exclamation sentences, I was just saying my press over and yeah. over, like it would be way less effective. Totally. It's, and I have, um, I also think a lot of people use female names, which I think is so funny. Yeah. You know, ours, I, mine is Presley, so it's not really a female name and yours obviously isn't. But um, I do think people give them a lot of like girls names, kind of like cars and boats and things. Like I think yeah. they're just, you know, we're just personifying the object. <laughs> yeah. Plus you spend a lot of time with your press. Like, yeah, yeah it's a buddy. So much time. It's a buddy, it's a friend. <laughs> I mean, ours have taken on entire personas there was a brief moment in time where gordy ran my instagram account yeah <laughs> totally yeah so i don't know yeah if you are out if someone out there knows a specific specific tradition that has started this um and it doesn't even necessarily have to be for presses but like what is the tradition behind like naming machines uh, feel free to write in and let us know and then we will do a little update on this one but yeah, yeah we'll think... have to do we'll have to do a poll too and like see how many people have named their presses and how many haven't let's get like a, a number for that yeah, um, yeah, yeah. be really I interesting to see yeah I love it <laughs> um awesome so this one from I think it's Tori Alicia um I could be wrong though and her question is is there anybody making letterpress machines that are quality and large format? So I think that she means like larger presses because there are companies that are making new like tabletop presses that are smaller. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're Japan based that I've seen for the most part that make like they look like classic uh, traditional antique presses, but they're brand new. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's obviously like the Sizzix like craft brand. They have a little tabletop letterpress thing. It's kind of like... You do like embossing, like it's like a little sleeve and you run it through a little cylinder thingy. Um, it's a little smaller. So it's like, it's like cards, like greeting card size. So those are both pretty small, but I don't know that anyone like is making floor model letter presses like we have that are platen presses. I saw somewhere on Briar Press, I think that there was a company in India making them, but I couldn't find anywhere on their website where they still are. And that article on Briar Press was from like 10 years ago. So I think that like, basically, the general consensus from what I've seen is that like, the larger presses like to make them again, you would have to make like 1000s of them, you know, to make it like worth it. Uh, financially, they're really expensive. But you can get new, is it Kluge? Klugi, yeah. Yeah, you can get new Klugis. They're not hand presses. They're like automated and those are very expensive. So it's different. They aren't really making what we have anymore from what I can tell anyway, unless somebody knows different and wants to tell us that because we'd love to find out. <laughs> yeah, I think everything that I've seen as far as like new machines within this category of printing are tabletop. And, like, by tabletop, I don't necessarily always mean small because I'm pretty sure I saw one that, like, can fit an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper in and be pressed. So it was, like, a large tabletop, but even that was – I think that was in the UK or something. So I kind of took this question two ways. So, like, is anyone making a letterpress machine? And then I was also, like, large format, and I was, like, you know, maybe she means, like – are like table like floor model sizes because they're a lot of them are tabletops but i also did find the world's largest printing press 
on Guinness Book of World Records. So obviously, I think that's important to include. <laughs> so in yeah. uh, in the UK, this uh, group created the uh, People Powered Press, and it has they printed a series of posters on it and the posters were on 62 inch by 42 inch paper wow and the print area for this press is 37 inches by 57 inches wow can you imagine they have type that's like a foot high i don't know if it's like i don't know if it's like wood or linoleum blocks or if it's actual type but it's incredible i love it so much um so yeah we're gonna have to go to the we're going to have to go to the UK and check that out sometime. Field trip. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. That's crazy. Look I love them. it. Very, Look at them using a brayer. Like, yeah. Are you, oh, you're looking at it. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah isn't that crazy? I had to also convert the millimeters to inches because, you know, life in the, in the US. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Fascinating. Uh, cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Fun fact of the day. All right, so we have one more question, and this is a really good one from at Clover Calligraphy Co. And they asked, when you say oil the press, what kind of oil are you referring to? That's a fabulous question. Excellent question. And this is um, one that I spent hours, hours (laughs) of my life trying to figure out. (laughs) Same. Uh, yeah okay good i'm glad i'm not i'm not the only one no no no. i had no idea i was like there's so many kinds of oil yeah and i think i have a suspicion that you and i use two different things so i'm curious to hear your answer to this um i use car oil like you'd put in your car yeah okay you do okay Um, but i use a i use a three-in-one motor oil is what it's actually called yeah i don't know if mine's three-in-one but it's 40 weight i know that um okay Uh, yeah don't ask me why I know that but I do and yeah I just spent countless hours searching the forums for that uh little tidbit because I had no clue what kind of oil to put on my press um and if you're not familiar we are referring to like all of the little like joints on the press where you know metal meets metal so you do have to oil up your press pretty regularly we cover that in um one of our other episodes kind of talking about like maintaining our presses and how often we do that but um Mm -hmm. yeah so there are different I think there are different answers out there too like I've seen a variety of different answers but um yeah, yeah that's what we use yep and I'm really glad we're ending on this question because um it gives us an opportunity to mention that Mariah and I have actually put together an entire um, vendor and supply list guide uh, that you can purchase. And all of the things that we regularly use in our shops will be directly linked on that guide. So like when you open it up, you could just click on it. Our oils will be there. Um, We'll include Mariah's as well as mine. Because I actually think, Mariah, now that I think about it, I was going to get the oil that you use. But how does yours come? Does it come in like a big like bottle as it would for like a car? Yep. Yep. And that's why I put an oil can on the list too. (laughs) Yes. Good, good. Uh, The only reason I bought the three-in-one is because it comes in this teeny tiny bottle with a little like needle spout. And it's so easy to actually put it right inside your oil holes Um, so I really like that. So those will be linked in our guide and you could just click and add them to your cart on Amazon. Um, and it makes it so much easier to outfit your shop, keep everything 
up to date and get everything that you need to start printing. Yeah, I can't wait. I am so excited for everyone to be able to purchase that and to see. Uh, hopefully, they'll uh, they'll be able to find everything they could ever need um, for letterpress <laughs> on there uh, because there is a lot included. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for submitting questions. We're really excited to do these Q&A episodes because we love curating our content specifically to help you learn to print or just to feed your curiosity. So if you have any other questions, you can come over to Instagram at hot off the press pod and you could DM them to us. Um, You could also send us an email at hot off the press pod at gmail.com. And we will keep doing these Q&A episodes every now and then when we have like a good chunk of questions to go through. Perfect. Awesome. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy.